0: Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com and you're listening to another DevOps chat podcast. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Sandra Krust, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Venify. Our topic today is protecting machine identities. We're talking about DevOps and security. So, uh, Sandra, welcome to the DevOps chat.
1: Hey, thanks, Mitchell. Happy to be here.
0: Glad to have you with us. Well, let's start by having you introduce yourself. Letting us know a little bit about what what you do at Venify and what Venify does.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, as you said, uh, my name is Sandra Crest. And uh, I actually started my career as a developer long before uh, DevOps and uh, Agile, actually. So I am dating myself just a little bit there. Um, But I come from the tech background. And uh, here at Venify as a product marketing manager, I basically head up our go-to-market strategies for cloud and DevOps, which... Mm -hmm. For those of you unfamiliar um, with Venify, Venify has actually been around for well over a decade and we're considered the leader in what we call machine identity protection. Our customers actually include the top banks and retailers, um, you know, airlines, as well as the federal government. So these co- the customers that we work with are the most security conscious organizations in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good place to go next. Those of us familiar with PKI probably know about a lot about SSL certificates for servers and things like that, browsers, et cetera. But let's jump into machine identities. What do you mean by that? How, why do they need to be protected? Why is it different than maybe a web server or browser?
1: For sure. Yeah, good question. So what I'm going to do is just give a quick intro to that, and then I'll dive into more details on how that relates to DevOps and stuff. work. You know we're, we're DevOps focused here. Um, so uh, you know before I go into that though, I did want to mention a quick thing. We we did do a webinar last week with uh, on May 30th uh, on DevOps.com called um, "Use the Same Certificate Process Across Your DevOps Toolchain." So just mm. wanted to mention that if anyone's listening and they want to jump into um, you know looking at something a little bit more visual. Um, you know, when you think about machine identities, you really have to think about um, the fact that there really are actually two actors on any network. There are people and machines, of course, um, and we know that people rely on the usernames and passwords um, that we all know and love to access machines and applications and you know, devices. Machines—they don't—they don't use usernames and passwords. They're using keys and certificates. So that's what we really mean here by uh, machine identities, right? And uh, they use that to authenticate and secure communications between machines. So, you know, when we think about machine identities, that's really what we're talking about.
0: So we're thinking uh, machine-to-machine communications, encryption, identifying, make sure you're talking to on an authenticated device really is what it says it is, if it's part of an application or part of an IT or service infrastructure, like an airline might be providing as part of their service?
1: When you think about machine identities, they're really the backbone of the cyber world. Um, you know, if you think back and go back to first principles, I think we can, we can all agree on four things. Um, one is that digital transformation is really creating our cyber world. And the cyber world runs on machines, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last two things is that machines have to have identities in order to communicate. So therefore, those identities have to be protected. And today, companies spend upwards of $8 billion in total over um, on protecting human identities. But they're spending very little actually protecting the machine identities that run the cyber world. And, and, and some really bad things can happen if you don't protect machine identities, you know, if you think about it, machines are actually flying our airplanes. They're controlling the self-driving cars that are being tested out on the roads. Mm -hmm. Um, they're trading our stocks. So, um, there's really a lot at stake, um, when it comes to machine identities like uh, TLS certificates and, um, code signing certificates, things like SSH keys. So, um, You know they're really critical to ensuring applications are secure and there's end-to-end encryption basically and security.
0: So if we Peel the part this a little bit because you have a really good point about digital transformation, DevOps, so many things happening in parallel. If you peel the part machine identity a little bit further, are you talking about virtualized machines also? Or are you getting into sort of containerized components or, or microservices and applications that need identity? How far do we go into this when we think about machine identity?
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on there. I mean, when I think about digital transformation, I really see this as being driven by three things, and, and what you're mentioning is, is definitely a large component of that. Obviously, many companies are moving to the cloud and mm-hmm. using things like containers and virtual machines and serverless and things like that. And, you know, roughly three quarters of enterprises have a strategy that's either hybrid or multi-cloud. So cloud computing and all of that is one big piece of that. Um, And then the second one is using that modern architecture that we just talked about, you know, when, um, so basically organizations are trying to move applications from being monolithic applications to Mm -hmm. services, right, that are Mm -hmm. stateless, um, where developers are coding things to be API-centric using modern languages. This this really transforms, you know, when we focus on TLS certificates um, in this world, it really transforms the way that certificates have to be managed. From a push model, where you're pushing stuff to a server, to a pull model, where infrastructure that's being instantiated, role, is basically requesting a certificate so that it's available at that first minute that the infrastructure is up and running. And then, and then the third thing is DevOps, right, for, for high-performance IT.
0: Sounds like you're talking about a much different world than we think of sort of a static infrastructure where... TLS certificates, uh, things that might be assigned to a virtualized machine or a, a container or something that's much more dynamic, it may not live for five years like a device normally would. It may be something that's around for, you know, minutes, hours, or, or a few days.
1: That's, that's absolutely correct. I mean, with digital transformation, we basically have machines being created by other ones, right? Infrastructure as code. If you think of that, the the code itself, being a machine, it's creating all of these other machines, right? And so mm-hmm. what's happening is machine identity proliferation is is, is really going at an alarming rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, it is in this, in this new world, the other thing to think about is, you know, you no longer have this static infrastructure that you're referring to where um, you, uh, you can just wall it off, right? You can just create that firewall and then put everything inside there and know that it's protected. Right. In this new world, perimeter is gone. It's, you know, you have to assume you have a zero trust environment. So uh, certificates become even more important um, to, to be available and to protect everything across the entire application stack.
0: I'm curious, as you work with customers, prospective customers, how many of them see this as the problem that they're either dealing with today or is it something they're working to and you're having to help them understand what they're moving towards and what the impact of that is?
1: You know, that's a really great question. Um, I think that security teams are obviously outnumbered, and today, they're focusing on even... They're still trying to actually solve the old problems uh, around certificates and persistent Mm -hmm. living infrastructure, and DevOps is sort of going off, and you know, they're they're going off off the reservation, so to speak, and and doing whatever they need to, to get certificates. And uh, so we're actually trying to educate our customers about the risk of having these DevOps individuals, you know, um, developers and operations teams, kind of creating their own security infrastructure. Mm So I would say more progressive customers are realizing that um, it's an issue, but um, we're also having to educate to kind of wave that flag that says, Hey, figure it out today so that in the future the problem's under control and then you're not trying to solve for, a, you know, a zillion re- variables versus just a single variable today. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it depends actually on, on the customer.
0: Do you think most um, security teams or security parts of the organization know this is happening within a DevOps world or are they just coming to realize that and trying to grapple with what do they do about it?
1: I, I think security, we have to give them credit, right? I think they understand it, um, mm-hmm. but many security teams just don't have a good solution in place. Uh, absent Benefy, for example, there isn't anything really available out there that gives them the centralized level of control and um, the ability to offer a solution for DevOps um, environment uh, in an easy way. So it's it's really a, a lack of of uh, solutions that they, you know, they don't have that in their toolbox today. Mm-hmm. It's not available.
0: Well, let, let's go right there then. What kind of guidance do you give security and DevOps teams when it comes to certificates?
1: You know, I think that. Um, well, first of all, I mean, let me talk just briefly about what we're seeing people doing today. Okay. Okay. Um, when when we think about what's happening today, and I kind of I made the analogy of, you know, the the DevOps folks are going off the reservation. Really, what, um, what security and developers are doing today is they're really doing the best they can. Um, what we're seeing is that application development teams that leverage DevOps practices and tools, they're creating their own security infrastructure. They're essentially reinventing the wheel, right? Because mm-hmm. security teams just don't have a good solution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then security teams, meanwhile, are kind of crossing their fingers that, you know, the auditors aren't going to peel that onion just yet, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's, that's coming. Right, that's coming. The, the auditors are, are are coming very soon. Um, so when you think about, you know, what's happening, there's there's actually a lot of pain uh, within the developers themselves and the operations team members themselves. They may not be verbalizing it though. They may not be doing that because they're thinking, oh, we've got it under control, and we're using um, solutions that are just our disposal, and we don't have to ask security. Mm-hmm. or, um, you know, any kind of support. So they, they think, I'm going to move faster if I just do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, so one of the things that we're seeing is that um, there are a lot of different methods that DevOps teams are employing today for getting certificates into these dynamic environments. And they might be using everything from, you know, open SSL on their local uh, workstations to, Uh, using something called HashiCorp Vault, which is a Mm -hmm. very popular tool out there. I don't know if you've heard of it, but, you know, you can issue a sort of subordinate CA or a self-signed certificate in milliseconds using HashiCorp Vault. Um, You know, there are issues with that because there's uh, many instances of vault oftentimes being used and there's no unified policy and no visibility right across Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, the other thing that we're still hearing, which is, you know, it makes sense. Um, we're still hearing that security teams are telling DevOps teams, you need to submit a ticket to get a certificate. Um, so that, you know, these these different ways, um, ticketing tools and using HashiCorp Vault, um, using Let's Encrypt, all of this is basically either slow or it's automated, but it doesn't provide the visibility mm-hmm. and there's no policy enforcement. One thing I want to elaborate on there is that oftentimes organizations move their applications to the cloud, you know, like an AWS or an Azure. And um, let's take, for example, AWS. They're like, oh, this is great. It provides um, Amazon Certificate Manager. That's going to help me a ton, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the thing is, the, 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 the Amazon Certificate Manager is kind of like a shiny object, right? It's meant to keep you there. And uh, Amazon is a very smart company, and, you know, I mean, I know how much I spend on Amazon Prime, so I'm just going to say they're pretty sticky. Um,
0: (laughs) I'm there with you. you. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: The Amazon Certificate Manager actually provides this easy access to free certificates, right? But the challenge is that it only does a great job around native infrastructure, like an AWS load balancer, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everything else, right, that's hosted in AWS, it doesn't do anything for you in terms of automating certificate renewal. And so what we're hearing is that, you know, companies are lifting their infrastructure and putting it in the cloud. They're not getting these automated renewals happening. And so outages are still happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one issue. And then the other thing too is, you know, I spoke to this earlier, many companies, use more than one cloud provider.
0: Absolutely.
1: And and so what are you supposed to do at that point once you're locked into the Amazon Certificate Manager? You've got to recode your application, right, to use it in Azure or Google Compute Platform. So Mm -hmm. anyway, so there's a a whole bunch of challenges there in addition to, you know, I heard one of our customers the other day say they had 2,500 AWS accounts and 1,500 Azure accounts.
0: Wow. Think about that for a moment, right? It's it's a few. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, just a few. And the thing is, there's no centralized visibility. There's no centralized policy control. And so imagine if, you know, uh, quantum computing comes along and the the algorithms need to change or if there's a policy change or who knows, what have you, right? You're going to have to change up a lot of different um, settings in many different uh, uh, AWS accounts. So there's, a, there's just a complexity. <laughs> there's just a kind of a millage of, um, of issues that happen once you start doing something like that. And then over time, you want to change your cloud strategy. So, you know, just to kind of paint the picture. And then the last thing is developers love their tool chain tool, So they're using things like um, Kubernetes secrets and mm-hmm. Ansible vaults and, you know, cred hub, for example, from pivotal. So you can see there's a ton of complexity that's being introduced into very complex environments. Um, so it's it's really hard to manage today.
0: Well, I think if you look at it as issuing certificates on a one-by-one one basis, that's where you fall into this trap of it, this PKI security certificates, all of that need to be managed as an architecture is designed. With its own processes and uh, you know management of it, just like you would source code or continuous integration or whatever it might be. So I, I got to imagine Ventify does something to help with this. What what can you do?
1: That's a great point. I mean, when you think about um, you know best practices around using open source, right? They say you should use open source, um, you know, and have an inventory of everything, like a bill of materials of what's in your code. When you think about certificates today, it's really an ad hoc solution, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're piecing together a bunch of open source stuff and, um, and, and, and there's no them. centralized control. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, Venify, what we're really excited about is that there's the world is finally waking up to and realizing that there's an issue relative to certificates in DevOps environments and beyond. And one thing I want to just to highlight before I go into what Bonify does is that there is new guidance from the um, National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, and um, the guidance is NIST Mm 1800-16, Volume B, and there's like four volumes anyway, but um, it's talking about, um, you know, several different things. And one of them is because it's a new guidance that's come out, um, it came out at the end of last year. It's still in draft form because the government shut down, as we recall earlier this year. Um, but this guidance actually you know, provides 50 pages of really good information for organizations that are looking to resolve these issues right around certificates. And it addresses DevOps directly, like the word DevOps actually shows up in this guidance, which is really nice to see. Um, and it talks about how certificate owners are changing, right, um, so now it's not like, Charlie, who's managing Bob the mail server, it's infrastructure as code, creating you know a whole bunch of different stuff every single minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's actually an aha moment, you know, when you read about what's in the NIST guidance, um, where it talks about setting up a certificate service. And what it does is it really discusses that uh, the PKI team or the security team should establish a certificate service because it's the most effective and efficient approach. Uh, to solving this problem and that includes you know providing a technology-based solution that provides automation and also supports you know effectively managing certificates over time.
0: So we're, we're coming up on close to the end of our podcast time. I want to make sure you get a chance. I kind of feel like you're leading us up to what Venify can do to help you with establish that that uh, certificate service.
1: For sure yeah. So what Venify um, has is um, a machine identity protection platform that Really helps to centralize control and also provide a single pane of glass to all certificates. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if you think about the core platform, it allows security teams to get centralized access to inventory, so they know every certificate that's being used. It allows them to set up policy. They get reports for audit and compliance checks. And then they have we have um, self-service capabilities that. Can be offered to DevOps teams. So specifically around that, we obviously our platform is API enabled. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a, a you know a well documented REST API and what we what we call a cert like Venify cert utility um, that's available for command line and also there's an SDK so that you can incorporate it into you know uh, applications and um, tools that are in Go and Python and uh, mm-hmm. Java and other modern languages. Well, Java not so much, but. So, Benify really is just a management layer, and we're not actually serving as a CA. So, we just—I just want to make sure that's clear. We're okay. not a
0: certificate authority. Clarification.
1: Yeah, we link—we link to every leading, uh, every major uh, certificate authority, and we have adapters that you can basically hook into any CA that you want to use.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, for DevOps, we have integrations, obviously, for the native tool chain as well. So that you can link, you know, hook into, you can hook Varnish into, for example, um, Kubernetes. We uh, Jetstack is a uh, cert manager is an open source utility that we are integrated with. So with that, you can, um, you know, incorporate uh, any certificate from any CA, and also automatically renew so those certificates within your Kubernetes um, clusters. So that's really valuable.
0: Well, I think you've, you've said a lot of important things and I think with a couple of things that will definitely stand out to our DevOps listeners is uh, self-service, uh, APIs, SDK, et cetera. So they don't feel like they have to go open a ticket for every time they need something that this can fit into the DevOps and the Agile workflows. So that's awesome.
1: It's really awesome because once our solution is in place, DevOps teams can just run and continue to move at high speed. And then if there's a PKI event or something that needs to be changed, it doesn't impact them anymore.
0: So appreciate um, Sandra that you're joining us today. Well, you've, uh, you've, you've been a part of another DevOps chat podcast and it seems like time's flown by again. I'd like to thank Sandra Krust, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Venify for joining us. And to thank you, our listeners for joining us also. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com. You've listened to another DevOps chat.